Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. The Bible makes it very clear that God wants to be actively involved in your life, moving in the various situations that you encounter. He wants to help you, empower you, and cause you to overcome these things that the enemy wants to tear you down by them. God is a wonderful God. And the question that you and I have to answer is this. Do we want God's help? What is it that brings about God's activity in our life? Very simply, when we trust Him. It is not enough just to say with our mouth, God, I trust you. God wants us to demonstrate that trust. That's what faith is. Yes, we believe in Him. We confess that with our mouth. But the Scripture also says, believe in your heart. And when you believe in your heart, there will be evidence. Your life's behaviors will reflect that God is indeed, and hear this, the Lord of your life. Many times we want Him to be our Savior, but we don't recognize Him as Lord. That means we really don't submit to Him. We're really not serving Him. We're not making Him the priority of our life. Take out your Bibles and look with me to the book of Psalms and Psalm 78. The book of Psalms and Psalm 78. Now, this is a longer psalm than normal. We're going to go through it in three different parts. And the first section, we're going to see how God is faithful, but how his people tend to be faithless, not literally trusting him in their circumstances. So let's begin. The first thing that we find out about this psalm, there's a brief inscription where it says, Maskil le Asaf. Asaf is the author, and this word maskil is a word which speaks of finding, understanding, learning wisdom from God. Wisdom that is practical, wisdom that reveals biblical principles that we need to implement in our life in order to find God's activity, His presence and His power, provision, everything that we need in order to serve Him. And that's the key. God provides what we need to serve Him to accomplish His objectives, not ours. Where are your objectives? They should be on the cross. Putting them far away from us and taking upon ourselves a new life, a life that is based upon the purposes of God. That's what we're called to do. That is what brings godly activity into our life. So look again. He says, Ha'azina, which means give ear to. It's a verb. We could translate it simply listen, but it has the word ozen or ear in it. And it speaks about being close to God, drawing near to God for the purpose, and hear this, 
for the purpose of receiving instruction. Many times we want to give God instructions. We want to tell him, do this. This is what I need you to do. This is what I want you to do. And we order him around. That does not bring intimacy. This brings spiritual frustration. It brings a sense of hopelessness, emptiness, and God is very distant from an attitude like that. So we need to want to draw near to God that he puts in our ear instruction. So he says, listen, my people, and what are his instructions? Notice what he says here, my Torah. Realize that you're not going to experience much from God until you are paying attention and hear this to his commandments. Are we saved by commandments? No, we are not. We're saved by grace, but we are people that should be committed to and passionate about learning the commandments in order to obey the commandments. And if that's controversial to you, if you think that is not where the faith of of our Messiah is founded upon, then you have misunderstood the message of the scripture. So he writes here, give ear to, and he's speaking to his people. He says, my people, my Torah, and then lend your ear, that is place your ear, very similar to the words of my mouth. Here we see parallelism between my law, my Torah, and the words of my mouth. So God is emphasizing here that the commandments are his words, his instructions to us. Then he says, look now to verse two. He says, I will open, the author is saying, I will open with a parable. This is the word mashal, and it comes from the Hebrew word for government. And this word, mashal, or proverb, is wisdom in order that God might rule your life. You have to submit to this wisdom to find God's leadership in your life. He says, I will open with a proverb my mouth, and I will express, and notice this next word, chidot. Chidot would be, in modern Hebrew, the word for quizzes instead of a test, a quiz. Another way that we can translate this and understand it is with with the word riddle. What it speaks of is something that is, is hidden to the natural mind. It's only by means of revelation that we can understand it. Now, I do not know why that the King James and the New American Standard and other translation say dark sayings for this word chidot. Dark, why dark? There's nothing in this word that would cause one to have such a translation so not dark sayings but simply those things that are hidden to us unless we are receiving revelation so i will express the riddles the deep sayings those things that require revelation he says i will will express those things from old those things that god has and this term from old or the ancient time speaks about what God has over and over and over wanted to teach his people. From our perspective, in the natural, they are a riddle. They are difficult. But for those who are making God their priority, these things 
are known. God reveals them to whom he loves. And whom does he love? Well, those who love him. And how do we show our love for him? Messiah says, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. Look now to verse 3. Which we have heard and we know them. Again, most translations, in fact, all that I encountered, leave out this word them. Notice again, asher shamanu, that is, which we have heard, and then em, which means, and we will know them. Our fathers told us. So this is the heritage that we should have, that our forefathers, they lived in obedience to God. They walked with him in the desert for those 40 years where God taught them. And that's the heritage. And we need to express those things. We need to know those things. And we need to implement them into our life. So our forefathers, they told us, verse 4, For they are not to be hidden. This thing should not be hidden from their sons. Nor, notice what it says, Ledor Acharon. That is the latter generation, that last generation. Now, because of that term, Dor Acharon, it puts within this a kingdom context. These are the things that we need to apply to our life in order to live how God would have us to live, especially in the last days. So this psalm has great significance. It's teaching us wisdom principles by which we need to live by, especially if we're part of that last generation. So not to be hidden or concealed from their children or that last generation. Then it says again in verse 4, saying praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonders which he has done. Now it's very simple to see what the psalmist is doing. When we approach God in this way god is going to be a source of revelation he is going to instruct us and what are we going to do well when we obey them we're going to have reason to give praise to the lord that's what he's saying here that we're going to praise the lord and his power we're going to know the power of his wondrous acts which he has done we're going to experience that And what does that bring about? Well, look now to verse 5 where he says, And he has established testimony. This is that, that testifying of God in one's life, his presence, his activity. So he has established testimony where? In Yaakov, in Jacob. And notice what he's going to do. And the law he'll put, he'll put, in israel or he has placed literally it's in the past now why is that important well we see testimony and the torah but here what he's talking about is that one that receives revelation puts revelation into action that's what faith is trust is they're going to see the testimony he's going to establish that testimony for jacob meaning his covenant people and the law he is going to set where? Well, look very clearly. He's he set in Israel. What aspect of the law? Blessing. We need to see that the Torah is 
an instrument of blessing and life now if we ignore it it brings curse and death but this is not what's happening here this is not what god's instructing he is referring to us how he's willing to bless and give life for those who receive and implement his revelation look now to the next verse where it says actually the second part of verse 5 where he says which he commanded our forefathers and he made known to their children now what i see here commanded their forefathers and made known to their children a consistency god is consistent his laws his purposes what his instructions are his revelation does not change not with time not with circumstances not at all god's words are perfect they need not change they are always relevant for us and we need to affirm that now verse 6 on account that they make known we experience that and we need to prepare that next generation but once again it's that same term that we encountered in in verse 4 where it says door acharon that last generation why is that important because these are the principles for the kingdom and we need to make know that make known them to our our children especially that generation in the end times children that will be born personally that will be born i believe we should understand that as those children that are born again he says at the end of verse six they will rise up and they will tell to their children meaning this that is going to be an heritage rising up telling to that next generation until the last generation all of this is speaking about the heritage of the people of god that there's a consistency with it now look if you would to verse 7. here he says and they shall put or have put in god and then we have the word kislam kislam comes from word here having to do we'll just take it the way that most commentators see it confidence that they need to put their confidence in the lord how do you do that well god i trust you i'm confident with you i believe that you're going to do that no you show your confidence you place it in the lord by obeying his instructions this is what the big message is for us in this passage so they have put in god their confidence and they do not literally they will not forget the works of god and notice when you remember god's work is going to lead you that his commandments they will keep they will guard them they will value them now notice we need to put confidence in god we do that by not forgetting all of those things he's done what we read in the past about how he's worked and 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 served his purposes by blessing his people now you need to hear that god accomplishes his purposes he's faithful he works those purposes and his purpose is to cause us to follow him obey him so that he can give testimony what's that testimony victory that we overcome that we receive that blessing from him he loves to bless his people but we need to be individuals that do what the end of verse 7 says 
his commandments they will keep verse 8 he says they will not be as their forefathers and then he has some harsh words door sorer u more now the term sorer is a word that appears in the book of deuteronomy believe in deuteronomy 21 for a rebellious unteachable son the parents they bring their son out and they testify publicly that we have taught our son we have instructed him we have disciplined him but nothing helps and therefore if the community the elders in the community testify yes this is true this son is taken out and stoned by the community the parents first why is that so significant it shows a person who is retrobate and this is what it's speaking about that previous generation that generation that died off in the wilderness those who died off in exile that did not trust god and it says they're not going to be as their forefathers that rebellious and unteachable generation then it says a generation that did not prepare his heart so let me ask you where are you are you preparing your heart for receiving that revelation and obeying that revelation that is going to bring godly activity into your life it is an invitation for god to move in your circumstances so again look at what he says this generation that died off that was rebellious that god was not pleased with they were a generation that did not prepare his heart nor did his spirit and it's his because people's masculine speaking about people we might say their spirit in the plural but in the hebrew it is singular his spirit was not faithful with god so ask yourself am i being faithful with god faithfulness and the words here are important with faithfulness brings us together with god with is a redemptive word redemption brings us into a position where we can walk with god to be with him being with god is wonderful there's great advantages because with god we have access to all of his provision but again all of that comes about through preparing our heart and having a spirit that is faithful with him verse 9 We speak about the children of Ephraim, and it says, weapons, they were carrying a bow. So they had their weapons, they were carrying a bow, but the message is they were trusting in their weapons that they had. And what happened on the day of battle? They turned back. So they were not trusting God. They were not acting out of obedience to his instruction they were trusting in that that weapon that they possess and that weapon gave them no confidence see you can have all the resources but if you lack faith in god you're not going to stand in the day of battle they're going to and this word here it means to be overturned or to turn back to turn away verse 10 they did not keep the covenant of god what does that mean 
they were not faithful to him and therefore they did not have assurance of being a recipient of his promises and in the torah they refused to walk now notice those two things not keeping his covenant not demonstrating a covenantal faith and in his law his torah they refused to walk verse 11 they forgot his deeds and his wonders which he showed them god is faithful you can believe him why he demonstrates his wondrous power god demonstrates his faithful response to our faith he's always faithful so don't doubt don't fear don't turn back don't forget but trust him and that trust if it's sincere if it's a heartfelt trust it is going to produce obedience it is going to produce a confidence remember what it says put your confidence in the god of jacob so the the sons of ephraim they were carrying a bow they were they were armed we might say they were armed with weapons but in the day of the battle they turned back verse verse 11 they forgot as we said his deeds and his wonders which he had shown them verse 12 before their fathers he had done wonder so god had behaved marvelously wonderfully before their forefathers in the land of egypt and notice this last part the field of now why is that important we're going to see later on not in this study but in a week when we draw close to the end of our second session in this psalm we're going to see that that place was a place that moses did miracles in egypt and we're going to see here a few verses that speaks about god's miraculous power that he displayed hear that that he displayed before the children of israel and against the egyptians god is faithful it is foolish and insulting to god when we do not trust him and believe that what he has promised he will do so notice what it says verse 12 once more before in front of inside of their fathers he did a wondrous thing in the land of egypt in the field of Tsa'an. and then it says what some of these wondrous things that he did in so on it says he split the sea talking about the sea of reeds yamsuf the red sea he split or parted is oftentimes what we say and they passed through literally he caused them to pass through and the water he caused to stand as a heap verse 14 and he led them with a cloud by day and every night all throughout the night in light of fire now a pillar of cloud he kept them cool in the day the temperature changed drastically in the the desert and at night a pillar of fire here it says the light of fire he kept them warm faithfulness of god he knows our circumstances and he knows how to meet our needs also he split rocks in the desert in order that he gave drink 
from the depths from great depths now here what it's saying is in the place and we're talking about the hebrew word midbar desert wilderness midbar means makom rake an empty place no provision in a very unlikely location through a very supernatural means god gave the people abundant water how through the rocks that he split and we know how significant that is so again verse verse 15 and he will split he's already done so rocks in the desert in order to give drinks from the great depths verse 16 and he brought forth uh fluids from the rock now this is the rock that paul spoke of in first corinthians chapter 10 that rock that that followed them in the wilderness that rock that was messiah and it says that he brought down another expression for giving he brought down notice what it says as as rivers water so god the water just gushed out through this rock and that's what it says in the scripture verse 17 but they added despite all of god's faithfulness how god met their needs how he provided they continued all the more to sin against him and it says to rebel against the most high where in the desert now the word here for desert is a different one it's not midbar but rather it's the word tziah which is that arid dry place so they continued to rebel against him against the most high god in the wilderness and we see verse 18 they tried god meaning they doubted they tried god with their hearts to ask food for their souls meaning this it was as though they did not understand god now does a son have to tell his dad dad i get hungry at times and and i need food the father knows that the father will provide for that a loving father is going to feed his family and in the same way to doubt god to ask and say we need food that's insulting god knows all things and god is a wonderful provider but the people doubted that's what it means here when they tested him with their their hearts meaning their hearts were not established and it says that they in faithlessness they asked food for their their souls their life their sustenance verse 19 and they spoke against god they said is god able to arrange or prepare a table in the wilderness they spoke in doubt they asked is god is he able to prepare a table for us in the wilderness remember what david said david didn't doubt god david says you can prepare a table for me in the midst of my enemies the enemies may want to be killing me but god i trust you that you can prepare arrange this is prepare a meal that i might sit down and dine and eat and enjoy god's provision in the midst 
of my enemies attack that's the faith that david had that's the faith that we're called to display as well but the people didn't they doubted god they said is god able to prepare a table in the wilderness verse 20. behold he and this is moses an act of faithful faithlessness moses struck that rock and he did so where he said i'll give them water rather than sanctifying god's name but nevertheless here's where it says water gushed forth and there was streams that that flowed and this is a word for for floodwaters so that rock that moses struck instead of sanctifying the name of god and speaking to the rock moses struck that rock and we know that kept him out of entering the promised land this act of of lacking trust and sanctifying god's name but nevertheless water gushed forth from this rock and streams uh, flowed through like floods of water this word yishtafu the word shitafon is a flood so it's a verb that speaks about flooding forth strong waters then he says look at the end of verse 20 where it says and also bread he was able to give since he prepared food and this is word for meat for his people god just didn't give the minimal but he provided food meat and bread for the people but they did not trust him and therefore look at verse 21 therefore it says the lord heard and he was what he was was angry he moved against them and how did he do so as a fire burned against jacob so he was angry with them and he responded to them as a burning fire against jacob also the anger went up against israel now verse 22 our last verse what was god angry about very simple it says verse 22 because they did not believe in god they did not trust in his salvation now i wanted to end this first part of psalm 78 with this verse because it is foundational once more ki lo heiminu be elohim ve lo batchu be yeshuato they did not believe in god they were faithless they questioned god they doubted god they did not respond in obedience they did not believe in god nor did they trust in his salvation what about you are you trusting god are you believing in him do you see him as providing salvation and that means victory in the fullest sense in every circumstances even when it appears in the short term that we may be defeated that we're lacking don't doubt that provision god is going to move eventually and you're going to overcome that because we by faith in messiah his provision his savior his redeemer that he sent to us to become our redeemer we're going to experience victory 
It's only a matter of time that all the world, all creation, throughout all generations know of God's salvation that he blesses his people, his covenant people with. So stop doubting God. Stop not believing. Stop not trusting him and begin to put his truth into your life. That is receiving revelation. And putting truth into your life causes an action, a behavior change, where you walk in obedience. You demonstrate his lordship over your life. A wonderful thing. That's what testimony is all about. That's how we bear witness. We show submissiveness, our submissiveness to God, to others. And then they are going to see how God faithfully faithfully responds in our circumstances a wonderful psalm psalm 78 we'll continue our study in this second part of psalm 78 next week but until then may god bless you shalom from israel well we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel. Shalom from Israel.